Hi, this is Ethan from Edge of NFT. Today's episode is a special bonus episode featuring my co-host Jeff Kelly conducting an interview for the recent DeFi Summit online, for which we co-produced several NFT Day sessions. In this session, Jeff interviews Eric Mendelson, an NFT and blockchain consultant in the music industry behind several successful music NFT releases. Could music itself be the least important piece of a music NFT? Could virtual worlds be integral to the music NFTs of the future? What will Binance's soon-to-be-released NFT platform mean for the NFT space? Find out the answers to these questions and more in today's session, and don't forget to head over to edgeofnft.com to subscribe to our newsletter and dive further down the rabbit hole. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger, the podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. We are joined today by Eric Mendelson, a music executive, blockchain entrepreneur, and award-winning technologist who has been the strategist and executor behind music NFT campaigns for Tory Lanez, Takashi 69 and Currency, which have grossed over a million in sales. Eric is a one-of-one one whose charisma, industry experience, and tech chops have made him a key player in the blockchain and music industries. Eric, welcome. Someone, someone's trying to sell me as a one of one, and thus far, no, no bids on it. No bids. <laughs> uh, let me know where to bid, buddy. I'll be doing it. Uh, <laughs> appreciate it, appreciate it. So, look, man, through the lens of all these amazing projects you've been working on, what are the best practices for launching a music related NFT? So, let me say this in addition to the artists that you mentioned, I also have uh, other artists that I'm, that I'm kind of brokering their deals for them on, on various marketplaces right now. Um, with, with the Tory Lanez uh, NFT campaign, it was the first one that I did. Uh, it was done uh, utilizing partners at Bonley Finance. Um, amazing campaign. The majority of his NFT sold specifically to crypto, um, to crypto savvy uh, individuals. Second campaign we did was with uh, Takashi. Oh, by the way, Tory was completely dialed in, helped promote it, market it, et cetera. Second campaign that I did was with Takashi69, again, utilizing um, our, our partners at Bonley Finance. Takashi didn't really wasn't really engaged in the campaign. We had his we had buy-in from the label side, but not from him. And as a result of it, we didn't really get the buy-in from the crypto community um, that we were ex expecting. It didn't do that bad. We did several hundred thousand dollars in sales for that. Um, we just didn't get the, the full buy-in like we got from the Tory Lanez um, crypto community. And then the last campaign that I executed was Currency, which is really where I learned a lot about the space. Currency is an independent artist. He's released over 20 plus albums under his belt. He's released his own merchandise on his own website. And when he releases his own merchandise, he sells out instantly every single week, every Saturday when he releases new drops. And for Currency's campaign, unlike Tori and even Takashi's campaign, the majority of the buyers for Currency's campaign were actually his fan base, which was pretty, which was pretty remarkable. Um, and what I learned doing these three different campaigns uh, is that, number one, artists have to be engaged with their fans. That, that's first and foremost. Um, Probably just as important as, as that is the marketplace. Are we are we going after music fans, which the majority of which don't know how to buy NFTs? It's a foreign language to them, and there's a lot of hurdles that they have to jump. Or are we going after the crypto savvy individuals? And if we're going after crypto savvy individuals, I think it's important 
uh, any artist can release their NFTs on certain camp on certain marketplaces right now fairly fairly easy. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're going to have a team behind them. So there's certain marketplaces, certain partners that I like to align um, artists with that I think will be more favorable for that artist. Just how they would sign to different record labels for different reasons. It's the same thing um, from what I've seen in, in the NFT space right now. I get, I get it. Uh, so when you think about the different elements related to the success of these projects, is it the art, the perks, the music, the celebrity? Like, what's the most critical element of these campaigns? Yeah, hate to break it to all the music fans out there or musicians out there. Music is actually probably the least important piece. I think the most important piece from what I've seen is celebrity, um, social following, engagement. Then it then it's the art um, or specifically a partnership that they have with a specific graphic artist or visual designer that they partner with. Um, that's a great strategy. Uh, and then, you know, music is uh, perks are important in the music space specifically uh, when we're talking about just graphic graphic artists like a beeple the perks aren't aren't important at all from what i've seen uh but when you're talking about music people who are buying music nfts there has to be some additional added value which i'm sure we'll speak about um so the parts the perks are probably equally as important as the actual art and again music is probably the last the last the least important of everything that you mentioned so like, what are some examples of, of perks that that stand out to you that would yield success here in the space yeah that's great uh, it's it to me nfts are the evolution of the fan club it's literally the virtual fan club on on steroids so whatever people can experience in the physical space multiply that by 10 uh and that's what people want to experience in the digital space so uh with currency for example we did his campaign on 420 which is you know a national stoners weed day whatever yeah. currency is is known for that he's built a brand around that and what we did was we sold NFTs um, that were priced right for his regular fans at like $100, which was a virtual um, smoke session with currency. So on 420, he was performing his first show uh, since the quarantine uh, in Dallas, Texas. If I, oh, Dallas or Houston? One of those, Dallas or Houston. And before his show, the people that bought his Weed Pass NFT were able to actually virtually smoke weed with him while he was backstage uh, on a Zoom link that we provided. And they were able to ask him questions and interact with him for a few hours, by the way. Uh, probably the first time a virtual uh, weed session was powered by an NFT. So that was just one of the things that 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 we did with him. But really, it's you know meet and greets, um, special one on you know what one on one you know. Meet and greets is a big part of, of I think the perks in this, but there's also like rare digital art. I mean, rare physical art. There, there's just a, a lot of different elements that can come into actually um, the strategy behind an NFT music release. I tell you, yeah, on our our podcast Edge of NFT, we we have talked to a ton of people about various NFT projects across the full spectrum, and the consistent message that comes through is this need for community and story and kind of traditional branding and marketing that goes into these that really yields success. And it's it's interesting to hear you say that it's so common in the most successful projects. Well, we we take a look at Takashi, who has a, a amazing fan base, like fifteen or twenty million followers on 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 um, instagram and he has like a million i think followers on twitter and um the the tweets were happening during the campaign but he wasn't on his most engaged fan base platform which was instagram and we saw the difference in numbers between let's say what tory lanes did and what he did um just as a result of that engagement uh with the community that they were building yeah community is at the heart of all of it amazing so where do you see the nft space going from here 
Um, in particular music. Let's talk music specifically. I know it can be crazy otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, this is this is the foundation layer. This is this is the building block. Um, you you mentioned perks earlier. Well, I think that the perks that are going to come with these NFTs is that they're going to play a role in the metaverse in 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 in, vir in these virtual worlds where if I have a one of one Takashi chain or a one of one of anything that I can bring the this this NFT into the virtual world and I'm the only one in the world with this specific nft now it can have utility in the virtual world or quite frankly it can be just social currency in a bragging piece uh you know my, my son plays Fortnite uh, every single day uh probably shouldn't admit that and he, he also he also plays roblox and you know i'm going i'm going bankrupt just funding the purchases of what he's doing and i say i say to my son i say what are you using this for is this making better in the game he was like no it just makes me cool because one of my friends has it and i have to have it and i think that hopefully we'll get to a place um, in the space uh, where these music NFTs are are just like the the Roblox or the or the, the Fort Bucks or whatever they're called, and, and it and it provides um, the the person in this virtual world with something special that they can brag to their to their friends about. Taking it a step further, I believe that the evolution of where we're going to be, and it's crazy to talk about the evolutionary step, but uh, where where the NFTs are a, a new way for artists, especially independent upcoming artists, to actually crowdfund. Um, their releases or their creativity, the creation of their IP, and where the royalties actually downstream to the NFT to the NFT holders. Uh, now, obviously, in America, there's a lot of loopholes to jump and securities laws that have to be um, thought out. Uh, but I think that we'll get to a place where the NFT is a way for the owners of the NFT to actually receive some income that is mandated or uh, when the campaign starts from the artist. Uh, for example, XYZ artist says, I'm keeping 50% of the NFTs for myself, which means I keep 50% of the revenue, but the other 50% I'm going to sell across a thousand different NFTs and you as the fans or the public or the investor can buy that other 50% and participate in the, in the royalty streams that come as a result of that. Major issue is that there's still centralized companies, Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube that are controlling these traditional revenue streams. So and who are not on blockchain and I don't foresee them going on blockchain. So how do you then, how does the smart contract then track those rights and pay out the NFT holders? And I think that we'll, what we'll see in the future is either, unfortunately, some sort of centralized company, a publisher, an administrator, an NFT administration company that's responsible for collecting 100% of the royalties, distributing the 50% to XYZ artist and the other 50% to the NFT holders, or uh, a DAO is created that actually works in accordance to what the smart contract mandates. That to me would be the ideal space for where NFTs are gonna go. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. So when you think about the the hype around all of this though, I mean, is this is this is this real? Is it is it warranted uh, around all these music NFTs? People get very excited about it. We see it in the press a lot. Is it manufactured? I mean, what's your sense on that? Yeah, well, I, here's my sense on this. All this manufactured press has created a lot of hype. So, um, you know, the, the hype is real, um, artists, who didn't understand cryptocurrency or NFT is a crazy buzzword right now, right? And 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 the, and the hype is there. Um, however, I think that there's been a lot of manufactured headlines that give a false sense of reality to the decision makers, whether it be the rights holders, the labels, and or the publishers, about how much money um, should be made on an artist's like first NFT release. Uh, every every artist thinks that they should do 15 million plus uh, or or 10 million plus, like how Blau did it, right? Um, 
artists or labels take a look at Blau's social media following and they take a look at their artist social media following and they think that there should be a direct correlation between following and amount of uh, revenue that's generated from these campaigns. So it takes someone like me to explain to them that that's not the way the space works and that we probably shouldn't believe everything that we read or or that we see uh, as a headline. Uh, not, not saying that I'm talking specifically about uh, Blau, but there's certainly other campaigns that uh, 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 anyone with a little bit of common sense would realize that there's some sort of manufacturing that's going on behind the scenes for some of these campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. We see that. Specific, although I can, I won't. <laughs> I won't, I won't put you on the spot, man. Um, so look, I mean, NFTs relatively new, uh, in the, in the, the public eye, I mean, been around a few years. And I think for folks in the space, uh, we were just kind of sitting back and, and waiting for that moment that it would come into the mainstream and it's here for sure. But do you think that NFTs are, the best use case for the intersection of blockchain and, and music? Or is there something else that we're not seeing? No, I, I definitely don't think it's the best use case, although I, I do believe that it's probably the easiest use case for musicians and labels and publishers to wrap to wrap their head around. You know, Warner Music Group invested into Dapper Labs, right, which is like the pioneer of the uh, of, of, of the NFT split, uh, space. So certainly a company like Warner Music Group um, recognizes the potential. And that, and that says a lot, being that they're one of the three most powerful music distribution companies uh, in the world. Uh, Warner Music Group had asked me many years ago what I thought about the NFT space, and quite frankly, I didn't really believe in it. Um, what, I, what I believe is the real intersection or the most important piece of, of blockchain intersecting with music is, is, um, in, is in rewarding fans and incentivizing uh, the communities that build up platforms, uh, specifically music platforms, but it could be social media platforms also, for their contributions that grow the network. So before I say what that is in layman's terms, there's really three areas that music blockchain companies are focused in on right now. Number one, it's um, direct to fan or, or direct to streaming platforms uh, like Audius, who's doing a fantastic job. The other, the other piece that a lot of the blockchain music related companies are targeting are the rights issues. Again, there are some great companies that, that are in that space that are doing, uh, that are making wonderful strides. Uh, and then the third piece is ticketing, is uh, verifying that the ticketing that you're buying is real, it's on blockchain, you know, you know, you can see all the transaction history, you know how much that ticket sold for, how much it resold for, and you know that if you're buying that ticket that it's authentic and it will get you into the event instead of having you standing in line, uh, you know, buying popcorn and, and listening to it from the outside. Those three areas are great, but they don't really get me out of, up out of bed in the morning. What gets me up out of bed is that uh, individuals like you and I provide our information to social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we get a free service. Some people think it's gr a great free service. Other people um, don't really, you know, don't really like the service. But re regardless, uh, if Facebook woke up in the morning and said, Jeff, I'm charging you $30 a month to use Facebook, you can keep your data. Most people, I think, would say, you know what, take my data, you know, I give me the $30 free service. But what blockchain and what these tokenized ecosystems introduce us to the community is that the next SoundCloud, the next Spotify, the next Apple Music that has grown from this community, and it could be Audius, by the way, um, that, that comes from this community, that those that help build up that platform actually get compensated and rewarded for their contributions uh, that grow the network. So to me, that's what I'm most excited about is saying to the music fans, if you discover the next talent on XYZ platform, or if you spend five hours listening to music on Audius, that you're now getting rewarded for your time spent on the platform because you're you're building up the platform. To me, that's a really strong value proposition to platforms, developers, uh, you know, software developers, and or artists and rights holders that just want attention for their music. Now they can actually compensate their fans 
again, through these tokenized uh, ecosystems. So that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, that's really cool. Reaching down into your fan base and giving them an opportunity to win with you. And, yeah, and the other amazing. thing is really just the starting like foundational educational level about getting music fans to use, which which is still a big pain point, use cryptocurrency wallets, transact on the blockchain, buy some Ethereum, go back and forth. And then once they figure that out, then we can start to introduce um, some of these other like business models that I just discussed. Well, Eric, you've been around the music industry a long time, man. You, you, you've been there uh, with some of the, the now classics uh, across music, right? So I've not seen a lot in way of drawing on the nostalgia of some classic music that's out there. Have you seen any projects focused on bringing that into the realm of NFTs? No, I haven't. Uh, although I think that there's so, there's some definitely um, there's some definitely in the works. I, I'd love to know what what do you think would be a good idea for like a nostalgia like music music campaign. I mean, I think for anybody that's that's uh, like a hip hop fan, for example, if you reach back into the '80s, I mean, you can go across maybe like Rakim or or even mm -hmm. like kind of more traditional mainstream like Run DMC. Uh, you could you could go um, you know into the West Coast and some of the early like uh, West Coast stuff, NWA and so on. Like all this list, like you think of all these classics, and it's it's about. Um, uh, you know, tapping into nostalgia, but we haven't seen much of that yet in the NFT space. So I'm, I'm actually, I think that they're still trying to figure it out. And I think that the labels and the publishers who own these IP rights, um, whether it be name and likeness or the, or the actual music right, if music is being integrated in these campaigns, I think everyone is still trying to figure out the space. Um, what I will say is that I am in talks with, and I won't um, disclose who, but I am in talks with probably one of the top five greatest artist um, by sales uh, um, in, in the history of, of the world um, it, in touch with his estate to do something. So the estates of these artists, of some of these big legacy artists um, are definitely interested because at some, at some point, I think estates hit a ceiling as to how much money they can make from their IP. And whenever some new, not, something new is introduced, like this new NFT um, technology, they have to spend a lot of time educating themselves about it, researching it, um, because these estates have these these you know um, heavily um, gated um, uh, ecosystems um, to protect to protect the IP rights that they don't want to make a bad decision. So they're still trying to learn about the NFT space, and I think as they do, we will see more estates or more legacy artists um, uh, diving diving headfirst uh, into the space. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, we, we've just gotten some some recent exposure uh, to royalty related projects. There's a project called Band Royalty that's out there where they'll uh, actually um, tap into the royalties that, that fans can now access as well, you know, through these different types of tokens and then um, also limit them, which I, I didn't really realize myself that royalties uh, in many cases have a have a time limit. So you can essentially license it for a certain period of time. So all these classic artists uh, have an opportunity to control it, I guess, with multiple layers of depth. Using NFTs. I, 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 sorry, sorry to cut. Yeah, I, I touched on this a little bit earlier. I, I, I'm familiar with band royalty. I have to look a little bit more into it. But again, it's a securities violation. There, there's obviously it's a security, right? If someone is buying something because they're expecting uh, a return, in this case, it would be a royalty return. It's it's a security. So I don't know if band royalty is dealing with like U.S. artists or if the laws are different outside of outside of the country. Um, I'm certainly not knocking what they're doing. Uh, I yeah. hope that they're they're successful. Like I said before, I think that that's the iteration of of where all this is going. But I think that we have years to go before um, some sort of business model comes to fruition and, and is actually uh, successful. And, yeah. and and we'll see. I have a feeling that they're probably dealing with independent artists right now that control all their rights. It's a seamless process to do that. But when you're talking about legacy artists, um, it's 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 not so seamless. So. 
So some iteration still to be done, I guess, in that space, but exciting stuff to come. Which is part for the course. Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this, man. I, I saw the recent announcement uh, that Binance is going to have an NFT platform. What does that mean for the space and other platforms? I think anytime Binance announces something that the industry takes notice, um, Binance has uh, 50, 50, million, 50 million users uh, on their platform. Uh, the NFT marketplace, uh, to my understanding, is going to be ran on, on their platform. It's not going to be ran on their decks. So that means that whoever releases projects on Binance has access to 50 million crypto savvy buyers. There's only one other platform in the world that tops that, and that's Coinbase. And I don't see Coinbase getting into the NFT space, and they haven't made any announcements right now. Uh, Nifty Gateway OpenSea are obviously like market leaders. Nifty Gateway for primary sales and then OpenSea for your secondary marketplace sales. And Nifty Gateway has kind of had somewhat of a little bit of a monopoly on the space right now because it's owned by the by the Winklevoss twins, you know, two, two geniuses um, who owns the Gemini Exchange, which has a fiat gateway. So Nifty was able to introduce uh, the fiat gateway to the NFT buying community, which makes it easy for mu easier for music fans to participate in NFT drops because they don't have to get a cryptocurrency wallet or understand how to buy ETH. Well, guess who else is going to be introducing a fiat gateway? That's that's Binance with 50 million users. Um, so I, I personally think that in one to two months, Binance will be the market leader uh, as, as a primary marketplace and potentially uh, give OpenSea a, a run for their money as a secondary marketplace leader. Although they are going to be uh, on the Binance smart chain, not on Ethereum, um, I'm sure that there's plenty of plenty of uh, Binance supporters uh, in their community that are going to support these music drops. Let me let me say this. While I think Binance will also be the biggest platform in the world in a few months, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the biggest platform for music related NFTs. It could be a company like one of, for example, that just introduced a 60, 63 million dollar seed round, which is like unprecedented. Yeah. And they're really focused completely on, on the music space, making NFTs affordable. And they have a lot of great um, artists and projects that they just introduced that they'll be launching soon. So maybe it's a company like one of that's specifically music focused that wins in the space or it could be Binance um, or everyone can play nice in the little sandbox. You know, we'll see. Right, right. Yeah, Quincy Jones disrupting uh, the music industry once again. Because well, remember, to land music-related drops, it's also about the relationships. That's why I've been successful in this space because I have the blockchain experience, the entrepreneurial experience. I understand that's I understand the space very well, but I also understand music rights and have re direct relationships um, with artists, which is how I've been able to uh, you know broker and curate uh, the last uh, three campaigns that I did. And relationships, community story, right? It all comes back to it. Exactly. Well, exciting times still at the uh, at the early early stages well eric thanks so much for your generosity and sharing your time with us today cannot wait to see what you do next man thank you again i appreciate it anyone can hit me up eric Answerman on instagram or twitter beautiful thank you again okay we've reached the outer limit at the edge of nfts today thanks for exploring with us We've got space for more adventurers on this starship, so invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us, and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Also, be sure to tune in for tomorrow's episode with Jonas Seifert of Boson Protocol.